construct that works because we, as a society, want to work, believe it works, and act accordingly. Elections are held, and life goes on, and the preservation of a government of the people, by the people, is successful because we let it be successful. Executive dysfunction we're witnessing in the United States' election this term can be attributed to many factors, most notable of which is the fear surrounding the coronavirus pandemic and its global and domestic implications. After all, 2020 has not been the most forgiving year. While this is an issue that is literally and figuratively plaguing election campaigns, this issue is not exclusive to the U.S., the uncertainty surrounding the current and unprecedented global pandemic has impacted the election processes of many countries. The collective fear we might experience every time our beloved president suggests we postpone the election as a result of the current state of emergency is a conversation that's happening to every country that's in the midst of an election year. While it might seem understandable to postpone elections for the sake of continuity in the midst of such an extreme year, the need for an election and the preservation of democracy is arguably just as important, if not more so. For numerous nations, the fight to become a democratic republic that accepts the voices of its people through electoral systems is a long and tiring one, which, when threatened, could be and has been cause for acts of war. For this reason, I'd like to discuss how exactly the coronavirus is impacting the elections in Ethiopia. Earlier this week, the Tigray region of Ethiopia ignored the Ethiopian federal government's postponement of the elections due to the coronavirus and held elections anyway. The Ethiopian parliament responded with a rejection of any newly elected officials and consequently will be cutting certain funding and representation to the region. Tigray, in response, is holding the current parliament as invalid because it wasn't elected by the people in a timely manner and is encouraging its people not to answer to the federal government. Ethiopia was scheduled to hold its elections back in August, but the country's poll body ruled to postpone the election in March because of the complications that came with the coronavirus. The second most populous country in Africa, Ethiopia is located in the Horn of Africa and is home to over 80 different ethnic groups and 86 languages. While these tribes have peacefully coexisted for much of Ethiopian history, the development of a new governing body after the rule of the Dirk placed the Tigray People's Liberation Front in a position of high parliamentary power. Tigrayans are one of the tribal groups in Ethiopia and held a great role in the defeat of the Dirk which was the provisional military government of Socialist Ethiopia from 1974 to 1987 during the Cold War. This put Tigray in a position of great power in the new Ethiopian government that needed to be established. In recent years, there's been increased criticism of the level of power held by political elites from the Tigray People's Liberation Front because while Tigrayans are such a small part of the Ethiopian population, They've held a majority of parliamentary power for over 30 years now. Abi Ahmed, on the other hand, has served as the Prime Minister of the Federal Democratic Republic of Ethiopia since 2018. While he is not without his heavy criticisms, Prime Minister Abi won a Nobel Peace Prize in 2019 for his work in addressing the border conflict between Ethiopia and its neighboring country, Eritrea. End quote. 
lifting the country's state of emergency, granting amnesty to thousands of political prisoners, discontinuing media censorship, legalizing outlawed opposition groups, dismissing military and civilian leaders who were suspected of corruption, and significantly increasing the influence of women in Ethiopian politics and community life. He has also pledged to strengthen democracy by holding free and fair elections. During this time in office, Abiy has vocalized his opposition to the growth and power of any one political party or tribe. In this time, Ethiopia has been promoted as a joint nation loosely defined by one tribal affiliation. At least, that's the utopian dream that would make the work of political leaders easier. Unfortunately, it's not that simple. While ethnic groups grabbing for power results in an unbelievable amount of conflict that could have, without the existence of these tribal subcultures, been avoided, the erasure of such cultures is an overly simplistic response to such an issue. Since Abi took office, the political elite of the TPLF have complained of an unfair and rigged system accosting them for political crimes they allegedly did not commit. These complaints have gone as far as accusing Abi of attempting to silence the TPLF. Whether or not these sentiments are true, a majority of the Tigran people believe them to be true and are so sad in these beliefs that they're willing to hold a protest election to assert it. These ethnic groups have existed far longer than any overarching government and have deep-rooted ties to their respective people. Change is not a simply implemented law that erases centuries of existence under a particular identity. I don't say this to validate any violent acts taken by any tribe generally, and I'm in no way suggesting that we just ignore the issue at hand, but I do think that this is an often neglected, or at the very least, underappreciated fact in the attempted conflict resolution between tribes. Be it in this particular example of perceived oppression, or the same oppression faced by Oromo people, perception is not innately contradictory to reality. Perception very much constructs people's reality, and consequently the realities within which governing bodies must operate.